You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. Today on the podcast, I get the chance to interview my Guinea Pig and Green co-host, Steph, about the basics of feminism. Hey guys, let's get started. (laughs) Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hi, Laura. Steph, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Are you ready to be interviewed today? Uh, I think so. I hope so. (laughs) Um, I'm not really an expert um, on this topic, but I did study women's studies in university, and it's a subject that I feel very strongly about and really interested in. So hopefully I'll be able to shed at least a little bit of light on this topic, maybe for people who don't know much about it. Yeah, it's definitely something I want to learn more about. Um, I consider myself a feminist, um, although I don't know that I'm extremely well versed in any feminist theory or anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe we can just get into it if that's uh, if that's cool yeah. with you. Let's let's do it. I'll do my best. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what in one sentence? What what is feminism? Okay, well, I'm really happy that I can do this because um, I'm actually going to quote from like a from a Beyonce song for this one, um, <laughs> um, because one of her songs, her her latest um, album is like quite feminist, and so in the song "Flawless," there's actually like a definition of feminism embedded into the song from Chimamanda Adichie, who's a feminist um, theorist and author, and she says, feminist, a person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. So very straightforward, I guess. I mean, that's a bit of a technical definition. Basically, feminism and feminists believe that the two genders should be equal in all things. Yeah, so why do you think that that idea is such a radical concept for some people? Um, I think that the idea itself isn't necessarily a radical idea, but feminism often gets twisted and people don't actually know what it's about. And they think it's about women wanting to have more power than men or women thinking they're superior to men um, or women just whining (laughs) about Mm -hmm. things that are natural or normal. And I think that um, it's, it just has a lot of, baggage as well. The term has a lot of history. And um, when it was starting out, there was a lot of different types of feminism. Um, There were radical feminists who thought that we should just take all the women and go to like an island and only use men for procreation and all of those things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that was like radical feminism where they just thought men were not necessary. But I think I would say that modern feminism I don't think there are that many radical feminists um, anymore. I think Mm -hmm. the, but that, that colors how people see feminism now and they think feminists are angry and hairy and um, (laughs) angry at men in particular. And so I think that that's why it's seen as so extreme. And I also think that another reason it's extreme, like just on a more general level is because feminism sort of goes up against a lot of the, traditional beliefs and practices that we have in Western culture. Um, For almost the entirety of our history, men have held all the positions of power and decision-making, whether that be in like the business world or the media world or 
whatever. Um, and so feminism is sort of in direct comp uh not necessarily conflict with that but it butts up against that and it sort of challenges that and so people don't like it when huge societal norms are challenged right so that's why i think often um it can be seen in a negative light so you mentioned you mentioned beyonce mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh i know her as well as some other celebrities for some reason in in pop culture um a few media outlets have paid pretty close attention to who does and doesn't identify as a feminist. And I think Beyonce was one of those celebrities who at one point said that she didn't consider herself a feminist. Um, even though most people would say, like, actually, you stand for a lot of feminist things. Um, do you think it's important to identify, like, that somebody identifies as a feminist uh, for the movement if you believe in those issues? Um, I, I personally do believe that people should identify as feminists. Um, I think that celebrity is sort of a, a tricky one, though. I think that, you know, celebrities are like the 1%. And so on one level, I understand that it's helpful if celebrities say, I'm a feminist, because they have such a platform um, mm -hmm. to talk about these issues. And so it's helpful, I think, for, if you want to call it the movement, um, for these women to step up and say, yeah, I do, I do um, believe this. But I think at the, at the same time, feminism is kind of becoming sort of pop culture-y. It's sort of entering into pop culture, which is great. I mean, I think that's a great thing, but it's gotten to the point where I think a lot of people still have a, a definition of feminism that is wrong. And so some celebrities will say, oh, like she's not supporting another woman. That's like so not feminist. And, you know, women don't have to support every single thing another woman does um, yeah. to not to be considered a feminist. Um, and so I think while it's helpful, it's almost like I would prefer that celebrities just have their actions speak louder than their words um, mm -hmm. by choosing roles or making movies, um, giving their money to things that support um, more female empowerment and becoming a part of those things. I mean, I think the name is helpful for sure, but um, I don't know if it's the most important thing because I think it's really easy these days to pay lip service to feminism mm -hmm. and just say, oh yeah, I'm a feminist. And then just go and do whatever the heck you want. And also I think it's kind of like, I understand why we're so interested in whether celebrities are feminists because I think they are role models. And so I do think it's important, but at the same time, like, these women are not the women that need the feminist movement. Feminism is not necessarily concerned with these women who have all this money and all of this power and can make all of these decisions for themselves. Feminism is concerned with groups of people, um, men and women who don't have those opportunities and don't have that privilege. So, um, I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm, yeah. sure I'm going into a lot of different <laughs> realms no, there. I, I, really, I, I really liked the idea that in a nutshell, yes, it's important to say that you're a feminist, but it's much more important to actually express that through your actions, especially if you're a celebrity mm. and have that platform. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I totally no, agree. I think, I think that you said it really well. Um, Thanks. So <laughs> no problem. Um, I want to ask more about your degree. So you, a portion of your degree was in women's studies. Yeah. Um, so what what exactly does that mean? Like, what sort of courses does that involve taking? 
Uh, okay, so I did a women's studies minor, so it's different if you do a major, um, just because you take a broader scope of courses. I, uh, everyone who takes women's studies minor or major at our school at McGill has to take um, some foundational courses like uh, feminist theory and um, introduction to feminism. Um, and in those courses, you kind of just get a pretty wide range of writers and ideas mm -hmm. and you learn about the basics of what feminism is and isn't and what kinds of issues it's concerned with. I got to take courses about mm -hmm. women in the media, media and feminist studies. I got to take um, gender and health, which was fascinating about uh, the intersections of like healthcare and women and reproduction and all that stuff. And um, just, I got to take so many interesting courses. It was like, it was fascinating. Um, so yeah, I loved it. I loved it a lot. Um, why do you think it's important to study those things? I don't, okay. I, I do think it's important that some people study them I, because I think that the ideas that uh, we're talking about in those classes are really important for the world. Um, and so I think there definitely have to be some people that study them, but I don't think that everybody needs to study them. I think everybody should have an understanding of these issues mm -hmm. and uh, everybody should talk about them and, and be educated in them. But whether you need to study them in university is like a completely different, a completely different thing. Um, there are times in my degree um, when I was, because in, in your classes, you, you talk and you learn about these ideas and, and everything like that. But I'm a very practical person. And so there were times when I just felt like, okay, we need to go do something about this now. Um, we've talked about this, we've learned about this, we know about this, but sitting in a classroom talking to 50 other people who have the same beliefs as you is not yeah. going to make a difference. And so I think there is sometimes that disconnect. I mean, there are a lot of amazing feminist scholars who are doing really important work, but sometimes there is that disconnect between learning about it and doing something about it. And I think doing something about but it is like very, very important. So um, I, again, I guess it comes back to actions speak louder than words. I believe that it's more important for people to sort of get out there and have conversations with their families and their friends about the mm -hmm. things that they're learning about. And I think it's really important to learn how to dissect media. Um, I think that was probably my biggest skill that I hope that everybody can learn is to just like not just passively take in the messages that are that we get from the media and from advertisements and movies because yeah. that's where a lot of the damage lies. And so if you can learn to like critique those things while still enjoying them um, and have conversations about that, I think that's like very, very helpful. Um, so yeah, I, does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. I, I remember um, when we were at McGill, one of the movements, if you can call it that, that was happening was the whole uh, who needs feminism wave that was kind of um, yeah. being, it was kind of bouncing around from between universities and colleges. Uh, and I remember that being a really great way to start conversations with people. Um, totally. Where, yeah, where I had, I had guy friends who would read, read, read the site and they'd say, whoa, rape, like what does that have to do with feminism? Um, and just like opening up those conversations that they necessarily hadn't or hadn't necessarily been introduced to before. Um, it, it was a really great vehicle for that. 100%. I 
think, because uh, th again, that comes back to how there are so many misconceptions about um, what feminism is and what it's concerned with. And I think that that's why I loved that campaign so much is because everybody has a different reason for um, believing in feminism. And I think it's just really important to like have these conversations out in the open so that everybody can learn about what what is and is not acceptable and what should be considered feminism and what isn't considered feminism and just all the kinds of issues that we're that we need to talk about still. So what are some of the feminist movements happening right now that you think that we could be paying a little more attention to? I don't know about like right now, but um but maybe about a month ago after the Isla Vista tragedy, um, where Elliot Roger um killed a lot of innocent people, um there was a there was the Yes All Women camp campaign or a Yes All Women movement, um, and it came about mainly on social media uh, because after the incident happened, a lot of uh, men were saying, "Look, like not all men are like this. Uh, not all men are crazy murderers." As if, as if feminists think that all men are crazy murderers, which is not <laughs> the case. Um, like you're missing the point. Um, yeah. But then a lot of feminists and and different people were just sort of replying to it like okay not all men are like this we know that but you have to understand that yeah all women experience varying degrees of sexism and it kind of took off and it was like so interesting and i think if you're new to feminism um maybe reading through some of the articles that uh collected all of the the posts from that hashtag um that just will give you like a great baseline understanding of what what kinds of issues are still relevant and important um and of course there was backlash people were saying look you're making this about feminism as a whole and you're not paying attention to the actual victims and who, mm -hmm. who suffered and all of that is true but i think what's so important about the entire incident is just it was one of those moments where you just had so much dialogue and so much conversation and even even the backlash was important. I always like to read both sides of the argument because I learned so much about um, why things are problematic. Like if I'm reading Yes All Women, I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. This is perfect. I love this. And then I read an, a story about why it's sort of insensitive because you're kind of putting this movement on the backs of these women that were hurt or killed um yeah i'm like oh you know what you also have a point that's also true and so just movements like this are so helpful because i think they just get the dialogue going i think who needs feminism was the one from last year and yes all women was happening and um i think the year before there was like the slut walk which was making news and just there are just like so many little uh little movements, little pockets of movements that are popping up that are mm -hmm. just so helpful for for raising the awareness of this. I think, honestly, um, our awareness collectively as a culture has been has been raised so much over the last few years because of all of these things that have sadly, uh, tragically been happening. Um, there's just been a lot more dialogue about it. And I think that's really, really valuable. So one of the things that I did want to talk about because there's been so much dialogue about it lately is the idea of rape culture. Um, so what exactly is rape culture and what are some of the things that we need to look out for? Okay, so rape culture is sadly um, 
our our culture, Western cultures, kind of rape culture. It basically means uh, a culture in which rape is really, really common and almost normal um, uh, or accepted as a part of life because of the society's attitudes about gender and sex and sexuality and what we believe is rape and what we believe isn't rape. And so um, some examples of what rape culture are would be like blaming the victim, um, for instance, like, oh, she she deserved it because she was wearing provocative clothes or she was hitting on him at one point in the night or whatever. Um, so victim blaming is really huge. Denying uh, how often rape happens is really big. Uh, trivial, trivializing rape or sort of making jokes about it um, is very common. I mean, rape jokes mm. are like everywhere. Um, we're, you know, and just like the general culture where we have so much sexual objectification, where we just have all of these ads, where we're trying to sell everything with sex and like having women's bodies being plastered over everything as normal, that like that is an example of rape culture because it just sort of promotes seeing women as like sexual objects and therefore other people's pleasure um, that just all contributes to this, this sort of culture of where rape is is so common and sort so normalized yeah no i think um i think that's a it's a really interesting talking point because i think that the idea of rape culture um maybe loses a lot of people because that's where feminism might start to seem extreme because most people hear rape culture and they're like well i i don't support rape um, because nobody thinks that they do, right. um, where it's those little things, right? It's the trivialization, the language, um, like you hear people all the time just saying something like, I, I raped that exam or, right. Um, yeah. So or know, how much I it's in rap music, for instance, like it's everywhere. Um, yeah. it, it, like there's this great article that I read uh, not too long ago, and I have it up on my computer now. I'll read a couple of the examples of rape culture. Um, it just sort of gives a broader uh, definition of it. So, for example, like student orientation chants, where you, you like in frosh or whatever, when you're singing about like grabbing yeah. girls' butts or whatever, <laughs> raping them, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, like the song Blurred Lines about consent, like, oh, I don't know, consent, whatever. Judges that give um, only 30 days in jail to certain rapists because the girl seemed older than she was. Um, a lot of why rape culture is in the media so much lately is because uh, when athletes, especially, well, like young male athletes who have like promising futures in their sports careers, rape girls, people are always on the men's side. Um, often because like our, we've glorified sports so much. Um, and so we're just like, Oh, like that's going to destroy their career if they get accused of rape and, yeah. um, not really understanding that they've like destroyed somebody's life. Um, just like things like legitimate rape or street harassment <laughs> or rape jokes or yeah. 
whatever, <laughs> by the way, legitimate rape, that was in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's the, the politician who said that if it was a legitimate rape, um, then the woman wouldn't get pregnant because the body has ways to shut that whole thing down. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, and also just like the dramatic, um, there are like a lot of people, even feminists who are just like, oh, there's just so much um, accusations of rape and all these, all these things happening all the time. And men have to be careful because they're going to get accused of rape all the time. And I'm like, it's just sort of acknowledging that, you know, rapists hardly ever get convicted, yeah. let alone accused. And um, so there's not really this pervasive thing where all of these falsely accused men are getting sent to prison. That's just not happening. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just not a, it's not happening. We don't know what the real statistics are for rape because a lot of people don't feel comfortable coming forward because of our rape culture and how we're going to trivialize the, the incident, we're going to be like, are you sure that was rape? I yeah. don't know. Or we're going to say, well, maybe you were, you were dressed a certain way, like whatever. So a lot of it, just all of those reasons, that's yeah. what rape culture is. One of the things that I'm interested in asking you about, because we've been mm -hmm. talking quite a bit about North America, um, mm -hmm. is that since we graduated a year ago, you've actually done quite a bit of traveling. You've been to Eastern and Western Europe. Um, you've spent time in, in Asia, namely Korea, a little bit in Japan. Um, I'm just wondering if you've experienced or uh, noticed any any difference in terms of women's rights in any of those places that um, that were interesting to you. Hmm. Um, I think the most interesting thing I can talk about is, I guess, in Korea, because I've spent the most time here. So I think I've had a chance to really soak up more of the culture here mm -hmm. than I had in Europe. But here in Korea, it's kind of interesting. And to me, I find it a bit sad, like the way that marriage happens in Korea. Um, it's very traditional. Um, I've had Korean coworkers tell me this, where I, they've told me they're getting married and I say, oh my gosh, congratulations. That's so exciting. Um, all the things you say when someone's getting married. And then they would say, oh, uh, I, yeah, kind of, I guess. And then they would like laugh to their friend or something. And the first time it happened, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> That's horrible. They're just kind of like, yeah. yeah, I guess so. And, and then they explained it to me that in Korea, when you get married, uh, after you're married, you spend every holiday with your husband's family and women in Korean marriages are really expected to be helpful to the husband's family and to do all the sort of the work and the rituals and pay a lot of respect to the husband's parents and especially the husband's mother. They often marry men that they don't really love. I can't necessarily speak for everyone, but for the group of coworkers that I have had, that was sort of the theme where they just kind of said, oh, I don't think it's really the same in Korea as it is in Canada or where you're from, because, you know, yeah. we just sort of marry. <laughs> and I obviously that's probably not true for everyone. And I think there is a lot of, uh, especially the younger generation of Koreans are really, um, they have different attitudes and they're becoming more modern in their thinking. But for, for some people, it's still like that. And I have one coworker who she got pregnant um, and 
when she was only a month pregnant, her mother-in-law wanted her to stop working and just stay at the house and get ready to like have this baby. And in Korea, I would say probably close to 80% from, <laughs> from anecdotal evidence from the kids that I've taught, um, which of course is probably a little bit skewed because I teach at like after school programs. So you have to be at least a little bit wealthy to mm -hmm. go to them. So maybe it's just that the women are staying home in these kinds of households. Um, but a lot of the kids who go to our schools, they, their parent, their mom doesn't, doesn't work outside the home and which is fine. I don't think that necessarily that's a bad thing, but it's just so pervasive. I don't think they're allowed to work outside the homes after they have kids yeah. um, based based on their mother-in-law's recommendation or their husband's recommendation. Um, a lot of women are sort of still, they have to rely on their husband for money and for permission to do certain mm -hmm. things. Um, it's not draconian by any means. I don't think they're like, you can't go out and spend money and here's your allowance, but it's just a little bit, it's just a little bit different than what I'm used to. Um, one of the things that you mentioned in a conversation we had before um, that I thought was pretty interesting is almost on the flip side of that, um, there, there are a lot of things that are sexist in our society that are missing from, not missing, but that aren't necessarily a part of the Korean society that you were saying, um, such as more provocative advertisements. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Um, there tends so to be less sex cells in Korea that I've noticed. Um, it's a little bit more conservative. There's not like big billboards with women's boobs all over them. Um, Koreans are a little bit more <laughs> like conservative with that. So that's kind of refreshing. There's not as much of that going on, which is nice. Yeah. Neat. All right. Um, last question. Um, I was just okay. wondering if, <laughs> if there are any, of, do you have any favorite feminist writers or philosophers that you would recommend? Uh, someone like me looking into. Okay, so I Laura sent me these questions before, and I was at first thinking about like the writers that I wanted to talk about, but I think that since I want to just like make it as this topic as approachable and accessible, I just like chose my favorite modern feminists, mm -hmm. um, and so I think that these will be people wow. that will make it's it so much nerdiest. easier. The nerdiest thing you've ever said <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> uh -huh. um, this will just make it like so much more approachable for people. So I'm going to include everything in the show notes. But my favorite vlogger, I have two that I'm going to talk about, um, are Lacey Green and um, Modern Primate. So Lacey Green is the best. She has all of these videos about feminism and sex and pop culture and LGBT rights and everything. And she's just, she breaks it down and she's very well educated and she really explains everything you need to know. Um, her video, 50 plus reasons why I'm a feminist, um, just sort of is in a nutshell, the best introduction to why we still need feminism that you could probably mm -hmm. 
find. Um, Modern Primate, he no longer posts videos, but his archive is really great. Especially, I found him when the Steubenville rape case happened. He made an excellent video about what rape culture is and why we still need to care about it. Um, and his stuff is also just very accessible. And of course, this format of just vlogging is really helpful. Yeah. Um, there's also a podcast called Stuff Mom Never Told You, which is from uh, HowStuffWorks.com. And there's just two girls who talk about feminist issues. Just they run the gamut, everything from the history of women at Disney to the history of rape culture to pretty much anything you can think of. It's just like very accessible, great podcast. So if you were trying to get into any of those things, I I would, if you're trying to get into feminism, I would recommend any of those. those yes. Things. Please yeah. include links to those in the show notes. I will. Um, if I awesome. think of anything else, I will add it as well. Yeah. So. All right. Anyways, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for coming on the podcast today, Steph. Oh, thank you. No problem. I'm so happy uh, to be here. <laughs> it, was, it was honestly so great to interview you. Um, I think that you do have a lot to offer when it comes to women's studies and, and women's issues. Uh, and as always, it's lovely talking to you. So great talking to you. I hope that I could have been helpful. I was trying to give broad definitions, but you know, we can only try so much. There's so much information I have. So if you guys have any more questions that I could answer, I would be more than happy to. So you can leave them in the comments on our blog post, or you can get us on Twitter at Green Guinea Pigs and at Instagram at Green Guinea Pigs as well. We'd love hearing from you guys. Amazing. Amazing. Have, a, have an awesome week, everyone. Yeah. Have a great week, Laura. Bye, Steph. Bye.